Okay, this is part one of the study guide for the airline dispatch test. Uh, I'm not responsible for these answers. Good luck, study well. Unless otherwise authorized, when is the pilot in command required to hold a type rating? And that is when operating an aircraft having a gross weight of more than 12,500 pounds. A commercial pilot has a type rating in the Boeing 727 and 737. A flight test is completed in the Boeing 747 for the airline transport pilot certificate. What pilot privileges may be exercised regarding these airplanes? And um, ATP can be exercised. ATP privileges can be exercised for the Boeing 747, 727, and 737. A commercial pilot has DC-3 and DC-9 type ratings. A flight test is completed for an airline transport pilot certificate in a Boeing 727. What pilot privileges may be exercised? And ATP privileges may be exercised in the Boeing 727, DC-3, and DC-9. In a 24-hour consecutive period, what is the maximum time, excluding briefing and debriefing, that an airline transport pilot may instruct other pilots in air transportation services? And that is eight hours. The flight instruction of other pilots in air transportation services by an airline transport pilot is restricted to... 36 hours in any seven day, seven consecutive day period. When a facsimile replacement is received for an airman's medical certificate, for what maximum time is the document is this document valid? And that would be 60 days. How soon after the conviction for driving while intoxicated by alcohol or drug or drugs shall it be reported to the FAA Civil Aviation Security Division? And that would be no later than 60 days after the motor vehicle action. Which is a definition of the term crew member? And that would be a person assigned to perform duty in an aircraft during flight time. When a type rating is to be added to an airline transport pilot certificate and the practical test is scheduled in an approved flight simulator in an aircraft, the applic applicant is... required to have at least a current third-class medical certificate. An applicant who is taking a practical test for a type rating to be added to a commercial pilot certificate in an approved simulator is not required to have a medical certificate. An applicant who is scheduled for a practical test for an airline transport pilot certificate in an approved flight simulator is not required to have a medical certificate. When a type rating is to be added to an airline transport pilot certificate and the practical test is scheduled an approved flight simulator, flight training device, and or approved flight simulator, the applicant is 
not required to have a medical certificate. An applicant who is scheduled for a practical test for an airline transport pilot certificate in an aircraft needs at least a current third class medical certificate. The age 65 rule of FAR Part 121 applies to any required pilot crew member. Under which condition is a flight engineer required as a flight crew member in FAR 121 operations? And that would be if required by the airplane's type certificate. When the need for a flight engineer is determined by aircraft weight, what is the takeoff weight that requires a flight engineer? More than 80,000 pounds. An air carrier uses an airplane that is certified for operation with a flight crew of two pilots and one flight engineer. In case the flight engineer becomes incapacitated, at least one other flight crew member must be qualified to perform the flight engineer duties. When a flight engineer is required for crew member, is a required crew member on a flight, it is necessary for at least one other flight crew member to be qualified to perform flight engineer duties, but a certificate is not required. If a flight engineer becomes incapacitated during flight, who may perform the flight engineer's duty? And that would be any flight crew member if qualified. An airplane has seats for 149 passengers and 8 crew members. What is the minimum number of flight attendants required with 97 passengers aboard? And that would be 3. When an air carrier air when an air carrier airplane with a seating capacity of 187 has 137 passengers on board, what is the minimum number of flight attendants required? And that would be four. What is the minimum number of flight attendants required on an airplane having a seating capacity of 188 with only 117 passengers aboard? And that would be four. What is the minimum number of flight attendants required on an airplane with passenger seating capacity of 333 when 296 passengers are aboard? And that would be seven. A pilot acting as second in command successfully completes the instru instrument competency check specified in FAR Part 61. How long does this pilot remain current if no further IFR flights are made? And that would be six months. To satisfy the minimum required instrument experience for IFR operations, a pilot must accomplish during the last, during the past six months at least Six instrument approaches, holding, intercept, and tracking courses through the use of navigation systems in an approved flight training device simulator or in the category of aircraft to be flown. What instrument flight time may be logged by a second-in-command of an aircraft requiring two pilots? 
All of the time, the second-in-command is controlling the airplane solely by reference to flight instruments. What recent experience is required to be eligible for the practical test for the original issue of a Category 2 authorization? And that would be within the previous six months, six ILS approaches, three of which may be flown to the Category 1 DH by use of an, appro an approach coupler. To be eligible for the practical test for the renewal of a Category 2 authorization, what recent instrument approach experience is required? And that would be within the previous six months, six ILS approaches, three of which may be flown to the Category 1 DH by use of an approach coupler. When may a Category 2 ILS limitation be removed? When three Category 2 ILS approaches have been completed to 150 foot decision height and landing. A Category 2 ILS pilot authorization, when originally issued, is normally limited to Category 2 operations not less than 1,600 RVR and a 150-foot decision height. What is the lowest decision height for which a Category 2 applicant can be certified during the original issues, issuance of the authorization? 150 feet AGL. The training required by flight crew members who have not qualified and served in the same category on another airplane of the same group, e.g. turbojet powered, is initial training. A crew member who has served as second in command on a particular type airplane, e.g. Boeing 727-100, may serve as pilot in command upon completing which training program? Upgrade training. The training required for crew members or dispatchers who have been qualified and served in the same category on other airplanes of the same group is transition training. A pilot in command may complete a proficiency check or simulator training within the preceding six calendar months. A pilot front Pilot flight crew member other than pilot in command must have received a proficiency check or line operated simulator training within the preceding 24 calendar months. What are the line check requirements for the pilot in command for a domestic air carrier? The line check is required every 12 calendar months in one of the types of airplanes to be flown. If a flight crew member completes a required annual flight check in December 1987 and the required annual recurrent flight check in January 1989, the latter check is considered to have been taken in December 1988. Which is one of the requirements that must be met by a required pilot flight crew member in reestablishing recency of experience? 
at least one ILS approach to the lowest ILS minimums authorized for the certificate holder and a landing from that approach. What is one of the requirements that must be met by an airline pilot to re-establish recency of experience? At least one full stop landing must be made. When a pilot's flight time consists of 80 hours pilot in command in a particular type airplane, how does this affect the minimums for the destination airport? Minimums are increased by 100 feet and a half mile. Referring to figures 115, 116, 117, 118, 118A, 118B, and 118C, at Arlen intersection, PTL 130 is, is notified that the Phoenix Sky Har Harbor Airport is closed. PTL 130 is told to proceed to Tucson. PTL 130 is operating under FAR Part 121. The PIC on PTL 130 has less than 100 hours as PIC in the Boeing 727 approach category C. What are the pilot and command's minima minimums for the VOR runway 11 left approach at the Tucson International Airport? And that would be 2,900 feet and a mile of visibility. Referring to figure 8. 118A, determine the FAR Part 121 landing minimums for the localizer back course runway 26 left approach at Sk Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. Uh, PIC time, 94 hours. Airplane VSO, maximum certified weight, 105 knots. VRF approach speed, 140 knots. DME, NOTA, MEDS, OTS. And that would be 1,900 feet and two and a quarter miles. Um, referring to figures 190, 195, 195A, 196, and 196A, the PIC of PIL-10 has 87.5 hours and 26 landings as pilot in command of the Boeing 767 while operating under Part 121. The PIC has... 1,876 hours and 298 landings as PIC in the L-1011 while operating under Part 121. What are the minimums for the ILS DME runway 35 right approach at Denver for the pilot command? And that would be 5,567 feet and 18 miles. Referring to figure 206, the pilot in command of PTL 55 has 75 hours and 30 landings as pilot command in the, of the in the Boeing 747 while operating under part 121. The pilot in command has 759 hours and 312 landings as pilot in command in the Boeing 767 while operating under part 121. What are the minimums for the ILS runway 19 left approach at SFO for the pilot in command? And that would be 208 feet and 40 miles. Or 208 over 40 miles doesn't make sense. 
Uh, referring to figure 214 and 182A, the pilot in command of TNA-90 has 49 hours and 102 landings as pilot in command in the MD-90 while operating under part 121. The pilot in command also has... Uh, 959 hours and 246 landings as pilot in command in the Boeing 727 while operating under Part 121. What are the minimums for the ILS Runway 9 right approach at uh, PHL for this PIC? Uh, 321 over 42. I'm assuming that's feet. Not sure. Um, referring to figure 214 and 182A, the PIC on TNA 90, category C aircraft operated under FAR Part 121, has not flown 100 hours as PIC in the MD 90. What are the minimums while flying the ILS runway 9 right approach to land 09 right at PHL? And that would be 321 over 42. Referring to figure 214, 183, and 183A, the weather at PHL goes below the PIC's minimums, and TNA-90, a CAT-C aircraft operating under FAR Part 20, 121, diverts to the alternate ACY. Upon arrival at ACY, TNA-90 is cleared, to, cleared for an ILS runway 13 approach. The PIC has less than 100 hours of PIC time in the MD-90. What are the landing minimums? Uh, 376 over 50. Referring to figure 214, 183, and 183A, the pilot, pilot in command of TNA-90 has 75 hours as pilot in command of this type airplane. The MD-90 is category C aircraft. What is the lowest ceiling visibility that may be forecast to use ACY as an alternate on the flight plan, and what is the lowest visibility that may exist at ACY prior to the final approach segment to continue the ILS runway 13 approach? And that would be... 600-2 and 50 RVR. Category 2 ILS operations below 1600 RVR and 150 foot decision height may be approved after the pilot in command has logged 100 hours flight time in make and model airplane under 14 CFR part 121 and 3 category 2 ILS approaches in actual or simulated IFR conditions with 150-foot decision height since the beginning of the sixth preceding month. Um, to remain current as an aircraft dispatcher, a person must, in addition to other requirements, Within the preceding 12 calendar months, spend at least five hours observing flight deck operations in one of the types of airplanes in each group he, she is said to dispatch. Which is the coolest part of the regs, really. Uh, part 135, I don't think I need to do 
How does deadhead transportation going to or from a duty assignment affect the computation of flight time limits for air carrier flight crew members? It is not considered to be part of a rest period. Duty and rest period rules for domestic air carriers operation require that a flight crew member not be assigned to any duty with the air carrier during any required rest period. Uh, the maximum flight time in a 24 consecutive hour in a 24 consecutive hour hours that a flag air carrier may schedule a pilot in a two pilot crew without a rest period is eight hours. The maximum number of hours a pilot may fly in seven consecutive days as the pilot in command and a two-pilot crew for a flight carrier is thirty-two hours. A flight carrier may schedule a pilot to fly in an airplane having two pilots and one additional flight crew member for more than for no more than 12 hours during any 24 consecutive hours. The maximum number of hours that a supplemental air carrier pilot may fly as a crew member in a commercial operation in any 30 consecutive days is 100 hours. A supplemental air carrier may schedule a pilot on a three pilot crew for flight duty for flight deck duty during any 24 consecutive hour period for not more than eight hours. Which is the maximum number of hours that a supplemental air carrier airman may be aloft in any 30 consecutive days as a member of a flight crew that consists of two pilots and at least one additional flight crew member? 120 hours. Normally, a dispatcher should be scheduled for no more than 10 consecutive hours of duty. The flight time limitation established for flight crew, for flight crew members include all commercial flying in, in any flight crew member position. If a domestic or flight air carrier schedules a dispatcher for 13 hours, of duty in a 24 consecutive hour period, what action is required? The dispatchers should be given a rest period of at least 8 hours at or before the completion of 10 hours of duty. An aircraft dispatcher shall receive at least 24 consecutive hours of rest during 
any seven consecutive days or the equivalent thereof within any calendar month. The maximum number of consecutive hours of duty that an aircraft dispatcher may be scheduled is 10 hours. Operational control of a flight refers to exercising authority over initiating, conducting, or terminating a flight. Which document specifically authorizes a person to operate an aircraft in a particular geographic area? Operations specifications. No person may operate a U.S. registered civil aircraft for which an AFM or RFM is required by Part 21, Section 21.5 unless there is a current approved AFM or RFM available. An aircraft approved by the administrator for use by an air carrier certificate holder for the purposes of providing service to a community when the regular airport is not available is a provisional airport. A provisional airport is an airport approved by the administrator for use by an air carrier certificate holder for the purposes of providing service to a community when the regular airport is unavailable. A person who is not authorized to conduct, conduct direct air carrier operations, but who is authorized by the administrator conduct, to conduct operations as a U.S. commercial operator, will be issued an operating certificate. The kinds of an op operations that a certificate holder is authorized to conduct are specified in the Certificate Holders Operation Specification. The person jointly responsible for the initiation, continuation, diversion, and termination of a supplemental air carrier or commercial operator flight flights are the Pilot in Command and Director of Operations. Which information must be contained in or attached to the dispatch release for a flag air carrier flight? And that would be type of operation, e.g. IFR, VFR, and trip number. What information must be contained in or attached to the dispatch release for a domestic air carrier flight? And that would be departure airport, intermediate stops, destination, alternate airports, and trip number. What information must be included on a domestic air carrier dispatch release? Minimum fuel supply and trip number. A dispatch release for a flag or domestic air carrier must contain or have attached to it Minimum fuel supply and weather information for the complete flight. By regulation, who shall provide the pilot in command of a domestic 
or flag air carrier airplane information concerning weather and irregularities of facilities and services. And that would be the aircraft dispatcher. Where can the pilot of a flag air carrier airplane find the latest FDC NOTAMs? Any company dispatch facility. Who is responsible by regulation for briefing a domestic or flag air carrier pilot in command on all available weather information? That would be the aircraft dispatcher. A domestic air carrier flight has a delay while on the ground at an intermediate stop at an intermediate airport. How long before a redispatch release is required? Not more than two hours. Oh no. Not more than one hour. A domestic air carrier airplane lands at an intermediate stop at 1815 Zulu. The latest time it may depart without a specific authorization from an aircraft dispatcher is... Nineteen fifteen. A flag air carrier flight lands at an intermediate stop airport at eighteen oh five Zulu. The latest time that it may depart without being redispatched is zero zero five Zulu. When a flag air carrier airplane lands at an intermediate stop at 1822 Zulu, what is the latest time it may continue a flight without receiving a redispatch authorization? And that would be 0022 Zulu. If a flag air carrier flight lands in an intermediate airport at 1845 Zulu and experiences a delay. What is the latest time it may depart for the next airport without a redispatch release? And that would be 0045 Zulu. What uh, information must the pilot in command of a supplemental air carrier flight or commercial operator carry to the destination airport? Copy of the flight plan. Which documents are required to be carried aboard each domestic air carrier flight? And that would be dispatch release, load, manif load manifest or information from it, and flight plan. Uh, domestic or flag air carriers shall keep copies of the flight plans, dispatch releases, and load manifests for at least three months. Which documents are required to be carried aboard each flag air carrier flight? And that would be dispatch release, load manifest, and flight plan. How long shall a supplemental air carrier or commercial operator retain a record of the load manifest, airworthiness release, pilot route certification, flight release, and flight plan? Three months. The certified air carrier and operators who must attach to or include on the flight release form the name of each flight crew member, flight attendant, and designated pilot in command are 
supplemental, and commercial. The information required in the flight release for supplemental air carriers and commercial operators that is not required in the dispatch release for flag and domestic air carriers is the names of all crew members. Before an ETOPS flight may commence, an ETOPS pre-departure service check must be certified by a PDSC signatory person. Who is responsible for obtaining information on all current airport conditions, weather, and irregularities of navigation facilities for a supplemental air carrier flight? And that would be the pilot in command. During a supplemental air carrier flight, who is responsible for obtaining information on meteorolo meteorological conditions? And that would be the pilot in command. The reserve fuel supply for a domestic air carrier flight is 45 minutes in normal fuel consumption in addition to the fuel required to fly to inland at the most distant alternate airport. The minimum amount planned of fuel to be aboard a flag, car flag air carrier turbojet airplane on a flight within the 48 continuous United States after reaching the most distant alternate airport should be 45 minutes at normal cruising fuel consumption. For a flag air carrier flight to be released to an island airport for which an alternate airport is not available, a turbojet-powered airplane must have enough fuel to fly to that airport and there thereafter to fly at least two hours at normal cruising fuel consumption. An alternate airport is not required for a supplemental or commercial air carrier, tur air carrier turbojet powered airplane on an IFR flight outside the for 48 continuous United States if enough fuel is aboard on the airplane to fly to the destination and then fly for at least two more hours at normal cruising fuel consumption. A turbine engine powered flag air carrier airplane is released to an airport which has no available alternates. What is, what is the required fuel reserve? Two hours at normal cruise fuel consumption. The fuel reserve required for a turbine engine powered other than the turbo propeller supplemental air carrier airplane upon arrival over the most distant alternate airport outside the 48 continuous United States is 30 minutes at holding speed at 1,500 feet over the airport. What is the fuel reserve requirement for a commercially operating reciprocating engine-powered airplane flying within the 48 continuous United States upon arrival at the most distant alternate airport specified in the flight release? Enough fuel to fly 45 minutes at normal cruising fuel consumption. The fuel reserve required for a reciprocating engine-powered supplemental air carrier airplane upon arrival at the most distant alternate airport during a flight in the 48 continuous United States is 
45 minutes at normal cruising speed fuel consumption. Upon arriving at the most distant airport, what is the fuel reserve requirement for a turbo-propeller flag carrier airplane? And that would be 30 minutes plus 15% of the total time required, or 90 minutes at normal cruise speed, whichever is less. The fuel reserve required for a turbo-propeller supplemental air carrier airplane upon the arrival at a destination airport for which an alternate airport is not specified is... 3 hours at normal cruising fuel consumption. A certificate holder is notified that a person specifically authorized to carry a deadly weapon is to be aboard an aircraft. Except in an emergency, how long before loading that flight should the air carrier be notified? A minimum of one hour. When a passenger notifies the certificate holder prying to checking baggage that an unloaded weapon is in the baggage, what action is required by regulation regarding this baggage? The baggage must contain locked must remain locked and carried in an area that is inaccessible to the passenger and only the passenger retains the key. Uh, when a person in the custody of law enforcement personnel is scheduled on a flight, what procedures are required as regarding boarding of this person and the escort? They shall be boarded before all other passengers board and deplaned after all other passengers have left the airplane and the aircraft. Which applies to the carriage of a person in the custody of law enforcement personnel? No more than one person considered to be in the maximum risk category may be carried on a flight, and that person must have at least two armed law enforcement escorts. Which passenger announcements must be made after each takeoff? Passengers should keep seat belts fastened well seated. A passenger briefing by a crew member shall be given instructing passengers on the necessary use, necessity of using oxygen in the event of cabin depressurization prior to, prior to flights conducted above. Flight level 250. When may two persons share one approved safety belt in a lounge seat? Only during the en route flight. Uh, the pilot in command has, an emer has emergency authority to exclude any and all persons from admittance to the flight deck. In the interest of safety. Uh, if an intoxicated person creates a disturbance aboard, uh, 
aboard an air carrier aircraft, the certificate holder must submit a report concerning the incident to the administrator within five days. When carrying a passenger aboard an all-cargo aircraft, which of the following applies? The pilot in command may authorize the passenger to be admitted to the crew compartment. What requirement must be met regarding cargo that is carried anywhere in the passenger compartment of an air carrier airplane? The bin in which the cargo is carried may not be installed in a position that restricts access to or use of any aisle in the passenger compartment. And which restriction applies to a cargo bin in a passenger compartment? The bin must withstand the load factor required uh, passenger seats multiplied by 1.15 using the combined weight of the bin and the maximum weight of the cargo that may be carried in the bin. What restrictions must be observed regarding the carrying of cargo in the passenger compartment of an airplane operated under FAR Part 121. Cargo may be carried aft of a divider if properly secured by a safety belt or other tied down having enough strength to eliminate the possibility of shifting. Okay, and that is it for the first half of the study guide for Chapter 1 uh, for the Airline Dispatch Written Test. Uh, part 2 will continue on Chapter 1, page 51. Good luck, stay well.